making waves, inspiring change, opening doors to an equal future. Here on the Trapes and Globe on Wheels Disability Advocacy Podcast, host Ming Canada journeys with an array of guests through the multifaceted world of disability advocacy. Guests will share their insights and will discuss some of today's most crucial questions and topics, as well as provide perspectives into the current disability rights movement and lifestyles of people around the world. Let's make waves together in the disability movement. Enjoy the episode. Alex Guinness, welcome to the Trips and Global on Wheels podcast hour. Hi, yeah, thank you uh, for having me. Of course. So the first question is, um, is uh, kicking off a little personal. Uh, I know that you have a C five spinal cord injury, right? Mm-hmm. Um, from from a bike accident from a decade and a half ago. Um, so, and then shortly afterwards, you moved to Eugene, which is where I went to school as well. I went to U of O, University of Oregon. Great. Um, yeah, um, I did my undergrad. So what I want to know is how does climate change affect you? Because I know it's your you know, professional tra- trajectory and what is the personal stake? Yeah, so uh, I have a C5-6 spinal cord injury. Uh, got it when I was 16 years old, uh, just mountain biking and hit a jump wrong. Uh, and with a spinal cord injury, uh, I have less control uh, of my upper limbs. Uh, I have uh, no control of my legs. As I mentioned, uh, kind of before this uh, uh, podcast, I um, have muscle spasticity in my legs. I have to deal with, uh, you know, managing um, uh, medications and whatnot, always having those on hand. So on the one hand, I'm, I'm very aware that uh, there's a reliance on the medical system and the medical system, due to whatever might come about through climate change, could be endangered. Um, we certainly see with the virus that's spreading around right now uh, that epidemics and pandemics are going to be uh, more intense uh, when uh, we have kind of humanity pushing in on forests and then forests burning and more animals coming in, etc. And I know now uh, I'm having to be much more careful about uh, going outside. I'm having to be careful about uh, managing my medications, talking with my doctors. Uh, so that's just one individual kind of small impact to one aspect of my disability. Uh, other things I might deal with are uh, you know, air pollution uh, from forest fires here in California. We've had uh, forest fires and due to uh, my disability, I have a little bit less lung capacity. I know that could be an issue. Uh, if forest fires comes about that I'll have uh, more difficulty with breathing and with managing that. Uh, I cannot sweat to cool myself down. Uh, so if there's an extreme heat event, uh, then that's something where I need to make sure I'm in a cool space. People with disability, and I'm a working professional, so um, I, I have money for an AC bill, but uh, some people with disabilities who are reliant on really modest government income then wouldn't be able to afford that. So my next question is, so what is what is your, your biggest dream and hope in terms of progressing environmental slash climate change work? Like ultimately, what do you want to go with this in, in your lifetime? Yeah, uh, so, and actually, uh, I'll take one quick step back. Uh, one of my concerns is climate-related migration. Uh, so people moving away from flooding coastlines. Uh, 
And I here based in California have built a professional and social connection to a lot of people in the Bay Area. And now I'm looking at uh, the Bay potentially uh, California entering a mega drought, a very deep mega drought, and we're reliant on snowpack. And in the back of my mind, then I also have, well, you know, is Portland, Oregon or Seattle, Washington an option uh, for the future? So uh, that's on the individual level here in California. Again, uh, we've had a lot of wildfires. And, you know, down there in Melbourne, you know about wildfires. And actually, you know, California firefighters and our air tankers fly down to Australia. And then the Australian firefighters come up here because we're, you know, different hemispheres and, and summer and winter are different. Uh, and with the wildfires, people in California have looked at this and said, okay, we know wildfires are bad. Uh, they get sparked. People with disabilities have a hard time escaping wildfires in time. They have a hard time finding accessible shelter. They might have difficulty getting personal needs and medical needs net, met if they're in a shelter. And uh, people just say, okay, this is an individual disaster that we need to work on. And then on the flip side, also in California, we've had uh, an issue with the electric utilities because actually some of these fires are sparked by poorly maintained equipment uh, touching trees. And uh, that's kind of exacerbated by climate change. Um, so how can we get more people with disabilities interested in uh, combating climate change? You know, as I mentioned at the beginning of this interview, you know, it's, it's hard to find people who have disabilities doing climate change, environmental degradation work. Yeah. Um, the most important thing in the disability community is not necessarily to get involved in the building of a green economy, but the building of a resilient society. Uh, when I look at climate justice, there's, uh, uh, you know, in climate change, you've got mitigation which is reduce the greenhouse gases so that the world doesn't warm as much. And then you've got adaptation, which is, uh, you know, uh, start moving people away from Miami um, or, you know, other low-lying areas. It's a, it's a scary concept, but it's something that we need to do. Um, I think that uh, adaptive climate justice is uh, much more tailored to the disability community and getting involved than necessarily, you know, mitigation climate justice, uh, bringing the, the disability community into this, because uh, we are going to get hit. We're most likely uh, to be, I think, left behind or at least not considered in adaptation. Uh, so that's where a lot of the focus needs to be. Um, and I think that the disability community uh, also needs to talk to the environmentalist community and say, listen, we know you want to phase out plastics, but I use a plastic straw. Can we figure out a less rapid harmful transition plan to the green economy. Um, so building those networks, and it's good because uh, climate activists and uh, disability activists both care about social justice issues uh, in a lot of ways. So uh, hopefully we can build those connections. I think in one of your, I was watching some of your YouTube lectures, the lectures you've posted on YouTube. So just perhaps doing a summary, because I know you're, you're covering it, how people with disability, disabilities themselves can prepare and respond to uh, disasters as they yeah. come. Um, so 
uh, the Partnership for Inclusive Disaster Strategies um, has recommendations for individuals. And uh, it's tough because people with disabilities are economically disadvantaged compared to the rest of society. And uh, oftentimes government limits the amount of medical supplies, uh, medications that they can have, you know, even being able to have a three week buffer. Uh, sometimes the medications is difficult to work with, you know, insurance or whoever else to provide. Um, so people with disabilities should take the basic steps of having a certain amount of stocked up food, having stocked up medications. Uh, you know, if you find that you go through a box of gloves once a week, then have several weeks worth of gloves. Uh, you know, th this whole thing and uh, make a list of everything medical you might need, make a list and contact assistance for personal care attendants, uh, whatever that might be. Um, I think uh, uh, people with disabilities um, should work in the community to educate their friends for the best ways to uh, uh, prepare um, that I think NGOs and government should help out uh, with things like retrofitting buildings with air conditioning in areas that have uh, a lot of people with disabilities and that might be affected by heat stroke and people with disabilities can advocate for that. It really needs to be a dual track approach of uh, people with disabilities preparing for themselves and government recognizing that uh, people with disabilities can't do this all on their own, um, that uh, government needs to assist, and sometimes it'll take investment uh, to do so, and they should be involved. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and came away with some information that you can now take with you to create your own change. If you would like more information about Trapes and Global on Wheels, please visit trapesandglobalonwheels.com. And that's Trapesin, T R A. I-P-S-I-N. And for updates and other TGOW-related news, follow our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook, both with handles Trapes and Global on Wheels, and then also LinkedIn and Twitter. You can find the links below in the description box or on our main channel page. We sincerely appreciate your support, and we'll catch you again next time.